And good afternoon. <clears throat> You're listening to Ken Hudnall. This is the Ken Hudnall Show. Coming to you from our studios right here in exciting El Paso, Texas. Gateway to the Old West and the most haunted city in the country. Well, it's July 10th, 191st day of the year. 174 days remain to the end of the year. I noticed uh, there was a notification posted that one of my uh, <clears throat> imitators is going to do a ghost tour downtown. I did them for 20 years. Everybody told me I was crazy making this stuff up. And they took the stories right out of my books. And are out there strutting about all the wonderful things they've done. Well, let's look at holidays and observances. It's National Kitten Day. National Pina Colada Day. Bahamas Independence Day. Don't Step on a Bee Day. Feast of St. Rosalia. Global Energy Independence Day, which our administration is insisting we don't need. Gospel Day. International Town Crier Day. National Caleb Day, National Clarehu Day, uh, National Pizza Day in Brazil, National Stella Day, National Transplant Financial Coordinator Day, National Wyoming Day, that's known as the Equality State, Pick Blueberries Day, Political Flag Day, uh, the uh, that refers to the design of the Mongolian flag. And it's Teddy Bear Picnic Day. Take your teddy bear on a picnic. Golly gee whiz. Well, 138 A.D., Emperor Hadrian of Rome dies of heart failure at his residence on the Bay of Naples. Buried at Rome in the tomb of Hadrian beside his late wife, uh, Vibia Sabina. 645, Ishii incident, Prince uh, Naka no Oi and Fujiwara no Kumatare assassinate uh, Soga no Iruka during a coup d'etat at the Imperial Palace. 988 AD, the Norse king Gwynir and recognizes Mael Domnail, High King of Ireland, and uh, agrees to pay taxes and accept uh, Brehan Law. Events considered to be the founding of the city of Dublin. 1086, King Canute IV of Denmark is killed by rebellious peasants. 1212, the most severe of several early fires of London burns most of the city to the ground. But it was built back. 1460, Richard Neville, 16th Earl of Warwick, defeats the King's Lancastrian forces and takes King Henry VI prisoner at the Battle of Northampton. 1499, Portuguese Emperor Nicolau Coelho returns to Lisbon after discovering the sea route to India as a companion of Vasco da Gama. 1512, the Spanish conquest of Iberian Navarra commences with the capture of Goizueta. 1519, Zhu Qinhao declares the Ming Dynasty's Xingde uh, Emperor usurper, beginning the Prince of Ning Rebellion. 
leads his army north in an attempt to capture Nanjing. 1553, Lady Jane Grey takes the throne of England. 1584, William I of Orange is assassinated in his home in Delft, Holland by Balthazar Gerard. 1645, English Civil War. Battle of Langport takes place. 1778, American Revolution. Louis XVI of France declares war on the Kingdom of Great Britain. 1789, Alexander Mackenzie reaches the Mackenzie River Delta. 1806, the Valori Mutiny is the first instance of a mutiny by Indian sepoys against the British East India Company. 1832, President Andrew Jackson vetoes a bill that would recharter the Second Bank of the U.S. 1850, President Millard Fillmore sworn in a day after becoming president upon Zachary Taylor's death. 1877, the then Villa of Mayaguez, Puerto Rico, formally gets its city charter from the Royal Crown of Spain. 1882, or the Pacific, Chile suffers its last military defeat in the Battle of Concepcion when a garrison of 77 men is annihilated by a 1,300-strong Peruvian force. Of course, many of the Peruvian force were armed with spears. 1883, War of the Pacific. Chileans, led by Alejandro Girostriaga, defeat Andres Avilo Cesare's Peruvian army at the Battle of uh, Mamachuco, hastening the end of the war. 1890, Wyoming is admitted as the 44th U.S. state. 1901, uh, excuse me, 1920. Arthur Megan becomes Prime Minister of Canada. 1921, Belfast Bloody Sunday occurs with 20 killings, at least 100 wounded and 200 homes destroyed during rioting and gun battles in Belfast, Northern Ireland. That's just a good Saturday night in Chicago. 1924, Pavo Numi won the 1,500 and 5,000 meter races, just an hour between them at the Paris Olympics. 1925, Scopes Trial. Dayton, Tennessee, the so-called monkey trial, begins with John T. Scopes, a high school science teacher, accused of teaching evolution in violation of the Butler Act. 1927, Kevin O'Higgins, TD, Vice President Executive Council of the Irish Free States, assassinated by the IRA. 1938, Howard Hughes begins a 91-hour airplane flight around the world that will set a new record. 1940, World War II, the Vichy governments established in France. 1940, World War II. Six days before Adolf Hitler issues his Directive 16 to the Combined Wehrmacht Armed Forces for Operation Sea Lion, the Kampf shipping attacks against British maritime convoys begins. That was in the lead-up to initiating the Battle of Britain. 1941, Jed Wabney pogrom. Massacre of Polish Jews living in or near the village of Jedwabny. 1942, World War II, an American pilot spots a downed intact Mitsubishi A6M Zero on Akutan Island that the Navy uses to learn the aircraft's flight characteristics. 1943, Operation Husky begins in Sicily. 1947, Muhammad Ali Jinnah is recommended as the first Governor General of Pakistan by the British Prime Minister, Clement Attlee. 1951, Korean War. Armistice negotiations begin at Kaesong. 1962, 
Telstar, the world's first communication satellite, is launched into orbit. 1966, the Chicago Freedom Movement, co-founded by Martin Luther King Jr., holds a rally at Soldier Field in Chicago. Many 60,000 people appear. 1973, Bahamas gained full independence within the Commonwealth of Nations. 1976, four mercenaries, one American, three British, are executed in Angola following the Rwanda trial. 1978, President Mokhtar Ud-Dada of Mauritania is ousted in a bloodless coup d'etat. 1985, Greenpeace vessel Rainbow Warriors bombed and sunk in Auckland Harbor by French DGSE agents killing Fernando Pereira. Also in 85, an Aeroflot Tupelo Tu-154 stalls and crashes near Uchkuduk, Uzbekistan, which was then part of the Soviet Union, killed all 200 people on board in the USSR's worst-ever airline disaster. 1991, the South African cricket team is readmitted into the International Cricket Council following the end of apartheid. Also in 91, Boris Yeltsin takes office as the first elected president of Russia. 1991 also saw a Beechcraft Model 99 crash near Birmingham Municipal Airport in Birmingham, Alabama. The 15 people on board, 13 are killed. 1992 in Miami, former Panamanian leader Manuel Noriega sentenced to 40 years in prison for drug and racketeering violations. 1997 in London, scientists report the findings of the DNA analysis of a Neanderthal skeleton that supports the out-of-Africa theory of human evolution, placing an African Eve at 100 to 200,000 years ago. That's since been changed drastically, I think. 1997, Manuel, I'm sorry, Miguel Angel Blanco, a member of the Partido Popular in Spain, is kidnapped, later murdered in the Basque city of Ermua by ETA members, sparking widespread protest. 1998, Catholic Church sexual abuse cases. The Diocese of Dallas agrees to pay $23.4 million in nine former altar boys who claimed they were sexually abused by Rudolf Koss, a former priest. 1999, a women's association football. The U.S. defeated China in a Penalty shootout at the Rose Bowl near Los Angeles to win the final match of the 1999 FIFA Women's World Cup. The final was watched by 90,185 spectators, which set a new world record for attendance at a women's sporting event. 2000, the ADS, the world's second largest aerospace group, is formed by the merger of Aerospatial Matra, DASA, and CASA. Also in 2000, Bashar al-Assad succeeds his father, Hafez al-Assad, as president of Syria. 2002, in a Sotheby's auction, Peter Paul Rubens' painting The Massacre of the Innocents is sold for 49.5 million pounds. That's $76.2 million to Lord Thompson. 2006, a Pakistan International Airlines Fokker F-27 friendship crashes near Multan International Airport. Killing all 45 people on board. 2007, Erdin Uruk begins the first solo human-powered circumnavigation of the world. 2008, former Macedonian interior minister, Lajubi Baskowski, is acquitted of all war crime charges by a United Nations tribunal. 2011, Russian cruise ship Bulgaria sinks in the Volga near 
Shukaryevo, Tartistan, 122 people die. 2012, the Episcopal Church in the U.S. allows same-sex marriage. 2016, Portugal defeats France in the UFA Euro 2016 final to win their first European title. On this date in 2017, Iraqi Civil War, Mosul is declared fully liberated from the Islamic State of Iran and Levant by the government of Iraq. And in 2019, the last Volkswagen Beetle rolls off the line in Pueblo, Mexico. It last of 5,961 special edition cars will be exhibited in a museum. So if you planned on getting that last one, sorry about that, Chief. We've got, uh, we've talked about a number of, um, strange death related to, um, politics. Well, turns out. There's a lot of unexplained deaths in regard to Kennedy, uh, John Kennedy's assassination, Martin Luther King's, Robert Kennedy's, and the Clintons. Now, everybody knows, November 22nd, 1963, John Kennedy was murdered in the streets of Dallas by a uh, gunshot in daylight in front of about 500 people. But... Over 80 years later, 80 years later, we still can't determine who was involved in the Kennedy uh, conspiracy. Within five years of his death, Robert Kennedy, Martin Luther King Jr., and Malcolm X would also be murdered as a result of a conspiracy. Then George Wallace, who was governor of Alabama and running for president, was shot May 15, 1972 in Laurel, Maryland. He lived, but was crippled for life and wound up in a wheelchair. That was his last campaign uh, event for uh, president. March 30th, 1981, Ronald Reagan, who was president, had been was shot in Washington, D.C. by a man whose father was having lunch with George H.W. Bush. Now, Reagan was close to death, but he, he survived. No one outside of his immediate family understood how serious his injury had been and how it affected his life in his remaining years. And uh, George H.W. Bush, who'd been vice president, took over many of the duties Reagan was uh, previously doing. John Hinckley was the one that shot Reagan, and his father was a close friend of the Bush family. 1987, Congress conducted hearings on Iran-Contra affairs. What came out of that was a massive conspiracy to sell arms to the Contras and import drugs into the U.S. on the same planes that delivered the illegal weapons. Barry Seal, who became fairly well-known, was a drug smuggler involved in many of these affairs at... Uh, and it operated out of a small airport in Mena, Arkansas. 
Harry Seal was murdered in New Orleans in the aftermath of this operation. And he was just one of hundreds of casualties uh, involved in uh, what many people refer to as the deep state hit list. July 20th, 1993, White House Deputy Counsel for the Clintons, Vince Foster, was found in Fort Marcy Park in Virginia, very close to CIA headquarters. He'd been shot in the head. Of course, authorities immediately ruled it a suicide. His job had been containing all the various Clinton scandals, and there were a lot of them, folks. Now, it became clear later on, though never officially admitted, that he had been killed someplace else and moved to the park. Now, other suspicious deaths, Jack Ruby and the people around him after he was convicted of shooting Lee Harvey Oswald. He was granted a new trial because a lot of evidence had been suppressed by his own attorney. But that new trial didn't happen. He died of a fast-acting cancer. He'd been given a new doctor while in custody and he claimed that new doctor injected him with cancer cells. Interestingly enough, the uh, a, another individual who died was a researcher who was working on a cancer bioweapon that was going to be used against Castro. Now, Jack Ruby died of cancer-related problems in Parkland Hospital. I'm sure you've heard that name before. January 3rd, 1967. And one of his close friends has maintained um, that he was in good health, didn't have cancer. He was poisoned. Now, there's a number of people who might have known a little too much about Jack Ruby, who also died. Tom Howard, who'd been Ruby's first attorney. In good health, as far as everybody knew. Suspiciously died. And Ruby was known to have told one of his attorneys he murdered Oswald to silence him. The judge in Ruby's first trial, Joe Brown, mysteriously died. Uh, Bill Chester, close friend of Ruby, somebody was trying to help him died of a heart attack. No prior uh, signs of heart problems. Thomas Davis was another close friend of Ruby. He accidentally electrocuted himself. John Crawford, another Ruby friend who might have known things that uh, certain people uh, didn't want him to know, mysteriously died. Hank Colum was uh, the husband of a Ruby stripper from the Carousel Club. He went to Florida to try to hide, fearing for his life because he said he knew too much. Told his friends he was a dead man walking. He was mysteriously murdered. Bill Hunter was a news reporter who was able to get into Ruby's apartment with his attorney, Tom Howard. Hunter never was never able to state exactly what he saw in Ruby's apartment. 
because he was shot dead in a Long Beach police station, of all places. Supposedly, an officer was playing quick draw and accidentally shot him. Uh, two strippers from the Carousel Club, Karen Little Lynn Carlin and Marilyn Delano Wiley, also knew things about Ruby. Both mysteriously died. Now, there are four presidents who have links to the JFK assassination. Lyndon Johnson, who many people think was involved. Richard Nixon, who was photographed in uh, Dealey Plaza on the day of the assassination. Gerald Tresme Ford and George H.W. Bush. KGB. The Russian secret police did their own two-year investigation into the Kennedy assassination, and they concluded LBJ was deeply involved. He had been involved in the cover-up, and he later stated himself there may have been a conspiracy uh, to assassinate Kennedy. He said that right before he mysteriously died. And... Johnson was also in contact with George DeMornshield, uh, who was known as Oswald's handler. Richard Nixon, as I said, was in Dallas the morning of the assassination. Privately, he called the Warren Commission bullshit. Turned out he also knew Jack Ruby fairly well. Gerald Ford, who was uh, Nixon's uh, appointed vice president after Spiro Agnew had to step down. Uh, after Nixon resigned, Gerald Ford pardoned him. He was appointed to the Warren Commission, and he was responsible for the movement of the wounds on Kennedy's back to conform to the magic bullet theory that uh, Arlen Specter came up with. Later told a French official in private they determined there was a conspiracy, but they couldn't figure out who was involved. There is proof that George W. Bush was in contact with Oswald's CIA babysitter, George DeMorne Shield, and at least two letters called the FBI the day of the assassination with a tip and might well have been the man in the photo in front of the school book depository building taken right after the assassination. He also signed the bill that created the Assassination Records Review Board and then delayed its creation by refusing to appoint its recommended members. And of the four, three of those presidents had been in Dallas the day of the assassination. And an unbelievably high number of witnesses died who had been scheduled to give testimony before the House Select Committee on Assassinations. Now, the House Select Committee on Assassinations tried to call a number of witnesses. But after they were notified that they were being summoned, they began to die. Among those who mysteriously died was Charles Nicoletti, mob figure from Chicago, many believed was involved in and been implicated in the Kennedy assassination. He was called up here before the committee, but um, he was murdered by being shot three times in the head. Initially, it was declared a, a suicide, by authorities, but that had to be changed when 
They couldn't explain how somebody could shoot himself three times. Mob figured Johnny Rosselli had been implicated in the assassination. He did testify, and there was talk of bringing him back for a second time as a witness. He was murdered, and his body was found floating in a drum near Miami, Florida. He confessed in private he'd been involved in the Kennedy assassination. David Sanchez Morales was a CIA agent involved in various covert activities that involved murder and assassination. He confessed to a friend and to his lawyer he's involved in both JFK and RFK assassinations. Now, even though Sirhan Sirhan was convicted of shooting Robert Kennedy, his gun carried six rounds. There were 14 dug out of that kitchen where Robert Kennedy was killed. And Ken, the wound that killed Kennedy, Robert Kennedy, was in the back of his head. And Sir Hans Sirhan never got any closer than three feet to Kennedy before he was literally flattened by Rosie Greer. So... Clearly, the Robert Kennedy assassination was also a conspiracy. Um, Sanchez Morales, David Sanchez Morales, the CIA agent I was talking about, had flown to Washington, D.C. from Arizona to have discussions about his testimony. When he got back to Arizona, mysterious heart attack. Now, one of the things that came out of the church committee was the fact the CIA had developed a heart attack gun. George DeMornshield admitted he was sent by the CIA to babysit and look after Oswald. He was a selected patsy. DeMornshield was notified he'd be called as a witness to testify before the House Select Committee on Assassinations. Mysteriously died of a gunshot wound to the head. Actually, it was a shotgun wound to the head. Now, it was immediately ruled a suicide, and then the autopsy showed he'd been hit in the head before he was shot in the head. Another determined case of suicide. My boss Sam Giancana was notified he was going to be called to testify before the House Select Committee on Assassinations. Uh, he was in a house that was a fortress. He was in the basement cooking. He was mysteriously murdered. He'd confessed to a number of people he had a role in the Kennedy assassination. James Plumeri was a CIA agent involved in various assassination plots. The committee wanted his testimony. He died of a gunshot wound. Unsolved, of course. It was ruled an accident, which the second party stated Plumeri was mistaken for a deer. Now, how that could happen in somebody's living room was anybody's guess, but that was what the, uh, the powers that be decreed. The committee also wanted to hear from Lieutenant William Bruce Pitzer. He had taken autopsy photos and claimed in private that photos that now existed in the National Archives are not the same photos he had taken, that they had actually been doctored. He died of a gunshot wound to the head. Of course, he was immediately ruled a suicide. But a third party who was in military covert operations claimed he was tasked with murdering Pitzer by the CIA. There was a very detailed book about it that came out in 2004 called Without a Smoking Gun.
Between the House Select Committee on Assassinations and Assassination Records Review Board, a number of well-known researchers and witnesses also died suspicious deaths. Larry Howard created an organization called the JFK Assassination Information Center. Had a little museum in a mall near the Kennedy assassination site that also sold books on the subject. Goes using funding from the museum and sales in his store to fund further investigation. Actually became a consultant on the JFK movie. After the movie came out, he was on the the trail of the investigation in several areas. Another mysterious heart attack. JFK's assassination information center went out of business after he died. Larry Harris was another researcher investigating the Tippett murder, getting close to some truth. He died mysteriously. His research vanished. Joe West was another private investigator who filed a lawsuit to have JFK's body exhumed to look at what remained of the physical evidence. He went into the hospital in Houston for surgery and was given the wrong medication and died. His lawsuit died with him. Gene Hill, who was a witness to the assassination, wrote a book called The, the Last Dissenting Witness. She claimed the shots came from the grassy knoll. She's going to write a second book, but she had a phone call telling her she never lived to see the fruits of the second book, so she never wrote it. Died of a rare blood disease in the same hospital that John F. Kennedy, Lee Harvey Oswald, and Jack Ruby died. That was Parkland. The full investigation that she conducted that can be found in the JFK, The Last Descending Witness, uh, details an extensive interview done with Hill right before the JFK movie came out. March 1st, 1967, New Orleans District Attorney Jim Garrison arrested Clay Shaw for conspiring to murder JFK. Shaw promptly had his attorneys file a motion for dismissal based on the fact the Warren Commission proved there was no conspiracy. Well, the court ruled in the state's favor, claiming the Warren Commission was hearsay. If you look up the word hearsay, you'll find it's evidence that can't be admitted in the court of law. However, in El Paso, Texas, court decisions are going to be ignored in order to make sure the good old boys make out like fat rats. When Jim Garrison trial started, there had already been a large number of witnesses, reporters, police officers, and others who suddenly died. Each one of those uh, apparently knew too much about the Kennedy assassination, and that number continued to grow. Now, last week and the week before, I talked about 50 names on the hit list. Well, I'm going to add to it this week. There are 90 suspicious deaths of various people at a connection with the Kennedy assassination. The suspiciousness of these deaths started right after the assassination itself when several witnesses seemed to have suddenly and quickly disappeared after making a statement. After the Warren Commission was formed, two highly suspicious deaths happened around the same time the commission started its investigation in New Orleans. That was William Guy Bannister and Dr. Mary Sherman. And during the Ruby trial, the first one, because the second one never took place, became apparent several witnesses who had been in Ruby's apartment suddenly died under strange circumstances. 
three years after the assassination. That was in 1966. The talk of the town in Dallas was that a lot of witnesses had been told they shouldn't talk about what they saw or heard because they could end up dead. A number of people who worked in Jack Ruby's nightclub vanished. Other talk around Dallas was that way too many witnesses who had saw certain things had died in what was considered questionable matters. And in during the time period of the Jim Garrison investigation, the prime suspect, David Ferry, suddenly died. And a person that Garrison was seeking to interview by the name of Lonnie Del Valle was murdered in Miami the same day that David Ferry died. Now, even though there was a rush to name every one of these deaths as suicides, they couldn't do that with Del, Valle, Del Valle's murder because it was uh, the brutal way he died. And Ferry, who was clearly murdered in his apartment, was immediately ruled a suicide. I mean, sometimes they were called suicides before the investigators ever showed up on the scene. And then people who'd been involved in his autopsy suddenly died. Well, during the time period of the House Select Committee on Assassinations, a number of key witnesses suddenly died after being informed to be called as witnesses. We talked about Johnny Rosselli, Sam Giancana, George DeMore and Shield, Charles Nicoletti, David Sanchez Morales, Carlos Prio Sacaras, and Cuban, uh, and Castro Cuban. And after these deaths, it was learned that most of those people had confessed to various connections to the Kennedy assassination. It was learned at a much later time after their deaths that Mafia figures Giancana, Rosselli, and Nicoletti had all privately stated they'd been involved in the planning of and participation in some aspect of the Kennedy assassination. Oswald C.A. Handler de Mornshew had an unpublished manuscript about Lee Harvey Oswald called I'm a Patsy and told people who'd been sent by the CIA to handle him. And then, of course, CIA agent David Sanchez Morales told two people he was involved in and helped murder John Kennedy in Dallas and his brother Robert Kennedy in California. Apparently, being a witness to some aspect of or knowing a little bit too much about John Kennedy's assassination can be hazardous to your health. There are way too many murders, suicides, accidents, gunshot wounds, heart attacks, cancer victims, unsolved disappearances for it to be natural causes. Breakdown of these uh, deaths show there were 23 murders, 10 questionable suicides, 24 deaths by gunshot, 18 heart attacks, 4 unsolved disappearances, 15 accidents, 4 explosions, 5 people died from cancer, one from burns, one from a collapsed lung, and three from electrocutions. But of course, that wasn't suspicious enough to get the authorities involved. Seemed to be a spike of deaths at various times, which included the time period that the Warren Commission was ongoing and the House Select Committee on Assassinations was taking place. Then William Bruce Pitzer's suicide, that was likely a murder, became highly suspicious because he was known to have actually taken photos of the president's head wounds but revealed insurance wounds from the front that had disappeared. The wounds were modified so that they could be called exit wounds. Now, there were a total of 90 suspicious deaths, and there were 
there's been a lot of research over the years on covert ways to conduct a murder that would appear to be a natural heart attack or death from cancer. Before the individual strange, suspicious deaths related to the Kennedy, John Kennedy assassination are discussed, it's important to point out some relevant observations concerning these deaths. The first point is there's been a long documented evidence the CIA developed a covert heart attack gun and a cancer bioweapon. Other point is that there's been a substantially high number of suspicious deaths at various key times in the official investigation in regard to Jack Ruby. Now, it was the church committee that discovered the CIA had developed a covert, untraceable weapon called a heart attack gun. In fact, in the 70s, they were shown that weapon that was developed by the CIA. It's an electrically powered, it uses a battery, and fires an extremely small dart of ice with frozen shellfish toxin in the center of it. Once it's fired, it enters the target and melts without a trace except for a small red mark on the victim from where the, um, the dart entered. It's fired at a very high rate of speed and it will even penetrate clothing. The victim might feel a small pinch or they might actually feel nothing at all. And after the shellfish toxin is injected into the body, the remaining part of the evidence just melts away from the body heat. Then this shellfish toxin causes a heart attack and the victim dies. The substance then becomes difficult to detect during an autopsy. Because nine times out of ten, they're not looking for it. This weapon was developed in the 1970s, and you know, that was over 50 years ago, and who knows what they have now. And Judith Very Baker, who wrote a book called Lee and Me, she said she had an affair with him, exposed the CIA program she, Lee Harvey Oswald, David Ferry had been involved in it, developed a cancer bioweapon in the lab in New Orleans it was to be used to assassinate Castro. And there's some evidence that this cancer bioweapon was used on Jack Ruby after he was granted that new trial. Now, Dr. Mary Sherman was a lead researcher in this program. And there's evidence she was murdered in her apartment. There's a book out about that called Dr. Mary's Monkey. Now, the House Select Committee on Assassination attempted to call a number of witnesses. They were going to prove the case where the Warren Commission failed. And those, a large number of those witnesses suddenly died after they were notified they'd be giving testimony. Now, there were a number of people who may not have been directly involved but knew too much. The first was Johnny Rosselli. He testified during congressional hearings and Revealed some facts about the Castro murder plot, which was a violation of the Mafia Code. Omerta uh, is the bylaw of the Mafia. August 9, 1979, his decomposed body was found in a 55-gallon drum floating in Miami, Florida Bay. According to Robert Clayton Buick, Rosselli confessed to him he'd been involved in the Kennedy assassination in Dallas. 
Bill Bonanno claimed in his memoir, Bound by Honor, that Roselli told him he was involved in the Kennedy assassination in Dallas. James Files, also known as James Earl Sutton, also claimed in his account Roselli was involved in the Kennedy assassination. Tom Wadden, Roselli's attorney, also stated after Roselli died, he confessed to him he was deeply involved in the Kennedy assassination. It was believed, according to one mafia source, that Roselli's death would send a message to others to keep your mouth shut. Then Sam Giancana. Now there's a lot of evidence that came to light that pointed to the fact that CIA recruited people who used to own casinos in Cuba to help them topple Castro because, remember, Castro nationalized all the casinos. Cost the mafia a fortune. One of the key people involved organized crime that got involved with these CIA assassination plots was Sam Giancana. He murdered in the kitchen of his home in Illinois just days before he was supposed to testify before a Senate, committee, Senate committee investigating intelligence activity, Cuban, the John Kennedy assassination. Giancana's own daughter claimed that what was really going on was her father was running a scam, pocketing millions of dollars from CIA funding that was given to him to assassinate Castro. And we've talked about George de Mornshiel, a petroleum geologist who was uh, born in Russia, came from a very wealthy family, immigrated to the U.S. in the late 30s. At the time of his immigration, he was suspected of being a German spy by the British. Became friends with Lee Harvey Oswald in the summer of 62 and helped Oswald in many ways, including helping him obtain a job as a photographic, at a photographic and graphics company known as Jagger Child Stovall in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. That firm had a contract with the National Reconnaissance Organization that evaluated uh, photographs taken by U-2 spy planes. Well, it's interesting to note that later in life, He told um, author Edward J. Epstein he was given the go-ahead to meet with and become friends with Oswald by J. Walton Moore of the CIA. That same day he had his Epstein interview. He was contacted by Gaten Fonzie, an investigator for the House Select Committee on Assassinations. He wanted to do a pre-interview with him as he was going to be called as a witness by the committee. The morning she was found dead from a gunshot wound to the head that was immediately ruled a suicide. Even before the investigation was concluded, it was ruled a suicide. Army intelligence report prepared by Clamar and Joseph Charles stated VP Lyndon Johnson was having meetings with George DeMore and Shield in 63. And DeMornshield admitted he'd been a CIA asset sent to contact Oswald by the Dallas CIA office. DeMornshield died of a gunshot wound in the head right after he learned he's going to be a witness. Well, in a 2017 JFK records release, that happened November 9, 2017, there was a memo that somebody overlooked that stated the CIA used DeMorne Shield as a source of information 
There's another document with the name George DeMore and Shule in the 2017 JFK files. That's a CIA personnel, a personality file action request. Now, President uh, Trump, when those records were released, said that nothing would be redacted, but this document was. Now, among <coughs> mysterious deaths, as I said, was uh, Tom Howard, Jack Ruby's first attorney. He was one of the other people who had been in Jack Ruby's apartment on November 24th, 1963. Mysterious heart attack in March of 65. Hank Sutton was in charge of Life magazine stories on the Kennedy assassination, had possession of the Zapruder film, which was immediately locked away for years. Another mysterious heart attack in December 66. Then, of course, Joe Brown, the judge in Ruby's trial, had a heart attack in 66. David Ferry's an interesting character. He was a sometimes pilot for the mob and sometimes pilot for the CIA. He was involved in the anti-Castro Cuban movement also involved in the CIA biocancer weapon development and knew Lee Ray Oswald very well. He also worked part-time for Guy Bannister Detective Agency, which it's turned out is nothing more than a front organization for U.S. intelligence. Secretary of Guy Bannister, Delphine Roberts, uh, stated Ferry and Oswald were frequent visitors to the Bannister office in 63. Ferry was also active in the Civil Air Patrol, and actually one of those he trained was Lee Harvey Oswald. On the day of the assassination, he took a strange trip by car to, in a rainstorm to Houston where he stayed near a payphone waiting for a phone call. After he got that call, he drove to the Texas coast and back to Houston. When Ferry was arrested by the FBI a few days after the assassination, another investigator for Guy Bannister by the name of Jack Martin told reporters Ferry is involved with the Kennedy assassination. But the FBI, who often could easily be mistaken for the Keystone Cops, let Ferry go. There were rumors that Oswald had Ferry's library card on him at the time of his arrest. You know, a lot of researchers believe that the Ferry five-hour car trip during that heavy rainstorm the night of the Kennedy assassination to Houston, Texas, was a trip he took to get possession of his library card. Jim Garrison, the district attorney who had Ferry under investigation, became convinced he'd been involved in the Kennedy assassination in Dallas and had a lot to do with setting up Oswald as the patsy. Garrison was days away from arresting Ferry when he died. Third week of February 67, the New Orleans State's newspaper broke a story about Ferry and his relationship with the Jim Garrison Kennedy assassination investigation. Ferry was telling people because of the story printed in the newspaper he was a dead man. And within hours of the time he was to be arrested, he was found dead in his apartment, February 22, 1967. Immediately ruled a suicide. Well, upon Ferry's death, there was a whole series of photos taken of his apartment. The coroner's office, no doubt, didn't understand a great deal about the Kennedy assassination and took a photo of rifles that were in Ferry's house.
Well, they talked earlier on the previous show about Eladio de Valle, Cuban exile, worked in the anti-Castro movement. Friend of David Ferry and known to have been working for Florida crime boss Santos Traficante. Garrison was trying to find him and interview him in relation to, to Ferry and the Kennedy assassination. But on the same day that Ferry died, Devalle was murdered in Miami. He was tortured, shot through the heart at point-blank range, and had his skull split up with an axe. After authorities tried to have it clarified a suicide, they gave up and put it down as an unsolved murder. It's still unsolved. Then there's Charles Nicoletti, mobster hitman for Chicago, who had a nickname of typewriter. He was suspected of being responsible for at least 20 mob hits during his lifetime. He was named as one of the gunmen who fired shots from the Deltex building by both Johnny Rosselli and James Earl Sutton. He was summoned to appear before the House Select Committee on Assassinations. But prior to his appearance, somebody put three thirty-eight slugs on the back of his head while he sat in a car parking lot in North Lake, Illinois. Since he was a hitman, my guess would be it was somebody he knew and trusted who shot him. Otherwise, he wouldn't let him get behind him. And then there was a CIA agent, David Sanchez Morales, who I've mentioned before. He was involved in an executive action, um, which was a series of programs that overthrew various governments around the world engaged in assassinations. Oh, yes, the U.S. government's been involved in quite a number of assassinations over the years. He was involved in the overthrow of the democratically elected president of Guatemala, Jacobo Arbenez Guzman, involved in both JM Wave and ZR Rifle, which was CA plots to assassinate Castro. Worked with Johnny Rosselli and David Atlee Phillips, also known as Maurice Bishop, suspect with connections to the Kennedy assassination. There are also claims that a person who fits his description was seen with Oswald in New Orleans in various bars and clubs. E. Howard Hunt's deathbed confession, A. Morales is one of the agents in the CIA who had operational oversight of some of the aspects of the Kennedy assassination in Dallas. May of 1978, Morales made a trip to Washington, D.C. concerning an upcoming congressional investigation he was going to have to testify in. When he got back to his home in Arizona, his friend noticed he didn't look all that well. Taken to the hospital that night, next day he was dead. His wife immediately requested no autopsy which was unusual because a mysterious death like that should have immediately had an autopsy performed. Now, Guy Bannister was originally a career agent with the Federal Bureau of Investigation, ended up as the head of the Chicago FBI office, retired in 1954. In 55, he became the assistant superintendent of the New Orleans Police Department, but that didn't last very long. He was suspended for pulling a gun out in a bar and threatening a bar employee. Shortly after that, he opened what looked like a private investigating agency in New Orleans, but uh, the agency didn't seem to do much private detective work. That's according to Jack Martin, a private investigator who handled most of the private investigative work done by the agency. The Bannister Detective Agency appeared to have been a front involved in the Cuban anti-Castro movement. It was also known to be monitoring and keeping files of on communists on college campuses as well as deeply involved in Cuban exiles attempting to overthrow the Castro government. 
the Oswalds, uh, he was passing out um, flyers for the Fair Play for Cuba committee. Had the uh, address of 544 Camp Street stamped on it. Well, Bannister's detective agency had two addresses because their office was on the corner. One side was 544 Camp Street. And according to Bannister's secretary, Delphine Roberts, the flyers Oswald passed out with the Camp Street address on it was some sort of thing that Bannister had Oswald set up. And she stated that both David Ferry and Lee Harvey Oswald worked at the agency from time to time. Most of the checks that came into the Bannister De Detective Agency came from Remington Rand Corporation that was long known to be a major CIA front operation. The House uh, Select Committee on Assassinations uh, investigation determined that. Surprisingly enough, Bannister died of coronary thrombosis June 6, 1964. Rolando Mesfera was a newspaper publisher born in Cuba. Castro came to power. He fled to Miami, Florida with about $10 million in his pocket. Got involved with attempted assassinations and coups of Cuba and has links to both Florida crime boss Santo Traficani and Alpha 66. According to William Bishop, Hoffa gave Mesfera $50,000 as a retainer and expense money to set up the Kennedy assassination. Hoffa hated both Kennedys. October 31st, 1975, he was found in his car in Florida, uh, Miami, Florida. Well, I say part of his body was found there. His car had been blown up with dynamite. Then, of course, one of the biggest names involved in this um, deep state hit list, I guess you can call it, was Jimmy Hoffa, president of the Teamsters Union, the man Bobby Kennedy put behind bars. He had an extensive criminal organized crime link. He'd mouthed several people, including Frank Rogano, that he was part of the Kennedy assassination. And there had been several accounts of him having meetings with both Santos Trabacani and Carlos Marcello. Nixon ordered uh, Hoffa to be paroled from jail when he was out. And, and just before the uh, House Select Committee on Assassination served him with notice to testify, he vanished permanently. His disappearance remains officially unsolved even today. And then we've got William Colby, who became director of the CIA when Nixon appointed him to the directorship. 1995, both houses of Congress had set up um, hearings on the activities of the CIA. Colby was trying to clean up the agency and hand over a lot of national security covert action secrets uh, that somehow became public. Because of testimony he gave to Congress, former CIA Director Richard Helms was indicted for perjury. Well, Gerald Trustme Ford fired Colby as CIA Director. After his retirement, he wrote a, his memoirs and was called Honorable Men. After the book was published, he was forced to pay out an out-of-court settlement for making unauthorized disclosures of classified information in the book. Well, according to the story, Kobe went out on a night canoe trip after dark, fell overboard and drowned. Well, a lot of folks believe he was murdered. He called his wife that night, told her he was tired, going to fix some dinner and go to bed. His wife was in Houston, Texas, and he was home alone. 
But according to the story, instead of going to bed, he went for a night canoe trip. Of course, nobody questioned it. Another mysterious suicide. Well, on that note, because at the end of today's show, we'll be talking more about the expanded hit list. In our next show, until then, this is Ken Hudnall for the Ken Hudnall Show saying have a truly great